Well, it's official. Murder is legal in the state of Wisconsin. Welcome to the Florida Versus Podcast. You know, I got one for you. Holy cow! A little news of the day to start off the top of the show. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Peter Murphy, your host today and every day on Florida versus the podcast that you're listening to right now. Thanks so much for listening. Appreciate it. Uh, happy Friday uh, for everybody, you know, except for Kyle Rittenhouse, pretty much. Uh, for him, it's a very happy Friday. Uh, <laughs> you know, if if he was underage in bars before, what do you think is going to stop him now? Today, uh, let's uh, focus our attention away from Wisconsin and go right into Colorado, where I chat with Kate Kennedy, the very funny, the very cool, the very athletic, as you'll come to find out. Kate Kennedy, we talk about her comedy career and her career in the adult entertainment industry. Very fun chat. Uh, She's got so much knowledge about Colorado. Very excited about it. Also, couple dates coming up. If you're listening to this today, November 19th, please go ahead and come out to Burbank, uh, Flappers Comedy Club at 930. I'll be performing there. Then next Wednesday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday, that is the night before Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving Day, you can find me performing at the Third Wheel Hollywood. Then December 10th, back up to Flappers with Adam Cagley's show, Toxic and Loving It. Then, oh my goodness, just over a week later, Tampa, Florida. Well, technically Clearwater. I'll be performing at Ruth Eckert Hall, opening for Kim McVicker in her fi- at her 5.30 show. 5.30. <clears throat> so at 5.30, there'll be comedy. And I understand that in Florida, particularly Clearwater... Some people will definitely be seeing that show and then going to dinner, but then there are 100% going to be people that are coming from dinner to see the 5.30 p.m. show. Uh, Please check that out. A ticket link is in the bio. That's the only link I'm going to post for myself. Uh, Seats are limited. Uh, Ruth Eckert Hall, great venue, great space, middle of uh, uh, the state. Please come out if you get a chance. Um, yeah, it should, should be fun. Those are some upcoming shows and dates. And, um, you know, this is a great conversation. Great show. Uh, I hope by the end of the year, we get to 100 episodes this year. That would be great. Uh, this is well on our way to that. Listen to some commercials. Then on the other end, you'll find me and Kate Kennedy. All right, enjoy. Okay, whoa, 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 what's the hold up? It's ad time. Oh, yeah, it's ad time. And let the good time roll. You know, since 2015, Totally Good Time has been making pop culture street style inspired by the 90s, 2000s, and niche entertainment favorites. Well, what do they got? Uh, how about bringing on Toro Sweatsuit? Check. Empire Records staff tee for Rex Manning Day? Check. 
New Girl True American hoodie that features the design as the gameplay? One, two, three, four, check. Now go ahead and check out all of the original pop culture goods over at totallygoodtime.com. That's totallygoodtime.com. And use code FLORIDAVERSUS15 for 15% off your order today. That's code F-L-O-R-I-D-A-V-S-1-5 for 15% off your order today. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Add time. Do-do-do-do-do. Add time. Oh, man, another ad. Well, don't worry. This one will make you hungry. Margarita. Pepperoni Playboy, Guilty Party, Good Thing, Dreams Tonight, Beyond Love, Smoke Signals, Neon Moon, Springsteen, Talking Backwards, Crude Copy, Breakneck Speed. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't had one of Lucky Nick's Pizza's sourdough Neapolitan pizza pies straight from their wood fire oven. And you are missing out. Go ahead and follow Lucky Nick's Pizza on Instagram. That's at L-U-C-K-Y-N-I-C-K-S-P-I-Z-Z-A for the latest updates about their weekly mobile pop-ups in the SoCal region. It's Lucky Nick's Pizza. Nice little pizza, huh? Kate Kennedy, she's a friend, not an enemy. And she's on the podcast today. Man, I haven't picked up my guitar in so long, but today on the podcast... From Longmont, Colorado, the Colorado comedian herself, all pound for pound, one of the funniest people you will ever hear from, the one and only Kate Kennedy, the OG Kate Kennedy. (laughs) Thank you for having me and for that wonderful intro. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Kate, uh, so how's it going? How's uh, how's your day going in, in your podcast studio over there? Pretty good. Uh, as you saw, and I'm not going to show everyone else, but uh, it's quite chaotic over here. I'm about <laughs> to go out of town for the holidays. So I'm in the one corner of my office that's not full of Christmas decorations or presents or random tools. <laughs> so do you do, do you do like a little tree? Uh, I do. I just got one. I, did, really? I haven't the last couple of years because I've been in L.A. And then last year I was stuck in L.A. during the pandemic. I didn't get to go home. Um, cause my parents are older. And so, you know, I made the decision, uh, which was the responsible thing to do, but I was just kind of down. I was like, ah, this sucks. Like, I'm not going to decorate, like, fuck it, whatever. And then this year I was like, I had a pretty good year. And I was like, you know, we'll go for it. I always hesitate because I live in a small apartment. There's not a lot of room when you live in a small place for things like decorations, because right. I can use it. I, like I'll have the tree up for a month, but then where the fuck am I going to put it the rest of the year? Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, you can't get a real one because it wouldn't even fit. No. And then you'd have to drag it in and out. And I think a lot of places actually ban real trees, like for good reason, obviously, like rental, like landlords and stuff, because they are a hazard, Um, even oh. besides like the sap and stuff, but like they can catch on fire. So I, I kind of get that as a more. Yeah, I did like a little Charlie Brown Christmas tree last year, and it was like a very sad one ornament. Oh, uh, but uh, but it was like nice and cheerful. I, actually, next to my in October, I brought I busted out my Santa Claus coasters. And then Hi. just a week ago, I purchased this. Um, it's like a snow globe with Santa. Oh, on it. So, you know, that, that'll it. I got a little I went on Amazon and I found like a little I think it's like three and a half feet little tree. It's pre-lit, oh. which is nice. And honestly, the box is so small. It actually fits under my bed perfectly. Oh, great. So I'm like, okay, cool. I can actually keep this for a while and store it and it won't be an issue. Um, but I got that and the little tree skirt. And then I bought like a 
multi-pack of like ornaments and decorations whatever um on amazon and like it came with like the little bulbs and the star and everything but it's fucking everything was covered in glitter like loose glitter so i have this massive box (laughs) full of like the contaminated glitter ornaments with like clear spray paint i need to like go out on my fire escape and like spray them with the clear spray paint so they don't shed herpes all over my life yeah Um, i know dude the glitter the glitter is the hardest thing to clean up uh but you know uh, so, okay. So Kate, we like to do plugs up top. Kate Kennedy, star of stage and screen. What can you tell us about where to find you online? Do you have anything upcoming and what can, uh, where can listeners find you on all corners of the world? Yeah. So the best place to keep up with me is always Twitter because I'm on there the most frequently. And my Twitter can be found at the OG Kennedy. That's the, as in the, OG as an original gangster, Kennedy, like the dead president. Um, (laughs) And you can find my Instagram. It's the same thing, but it's the PG, like the movie rating Kennedy, because it's safe for work. (laughs) And also because there's some science teacher in like Minnesota that has the OG Kennedy. And I've messaged him, I swear to God, like 10 times. Really? I've offered him money. I'm like, really? well, I own the domain, the OG Kennedy dot com. Um, I own the domain. I have it on Twitter. I have it on everything. I have it on Reddit. Like I went through the way you're supposed to when you're like, I'm going to be a famous person and like get through all of the like uh, the usernames. And um, he already had he hasn't posted in years. He has like six followers. He never I've contacted Instagram like I've sent him so many messages. I think I I offered him like two hundred dollars. Really? And did account. he respond to you or no? He's never responded. I've even like sicked other podcast fans on him on like <laughs> huge shows. I mean, like, can you please go fucking message this asshole and tell him that I want? And I'm sure he's like just some perfectly nice person who made an Instagram account years ago and has never looked. And if he ever does, his DM requests are going to just be full of my fans. Yeah, it's <laughs> so dormant. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, all right. So let's go over it. So Twitter. How, do you when did you start Twitter? Because I started Twitter 09 and then I said some like stupid shit and like I got nervous about it and then I just deleted my Twitter. I was like, I don't want somebody finding this later. And like I said some dumb stuff when I was like 20 years old. You know what I mean? So I originally joined Twitter. I would have been let's see, I wasn't really online until about like I wasn't even on Facebook until I think like 2011. Really? Um, what took you yeah. so long? Well, I was in high school and I wasn't allowed to be. <laughs> uh, okay, and when I, my parents found out I was on Facebook, I got grounded for like three weeks. No. Um, uh, but um, no, because I well, and also too, like I didn't have a smartphone until my senior year of high school. Um, and I got like an iPhone. I won my March Madness pool that year. I won like $300 and I bought an iPhone. I was, no I thought I was such a baller. I got a three, 3S or whatever, the first uh-huh. one that had Siri. And I like walk into high school. I'm like, yeah, I'm so fucking cool with my iPhone. And I look around all of these like freshmen have them too. And I was just like, it was, it was such a long moment for me. Did, um, you, did you ever have, did kids ever have like the, uh, like a sidekick or like Blackberry or, I or was it either Motorola, no phone or I had a Motorola sliver, which was the first phone that? that had iTunes on it. Um, they were really expensive, so they didn't sell. It was like a razor, but it was one thing. It didn't flip and it could hold a hundred songs. Oh, um, and it was pink. It was the first one I ever got. I think I was like 13 and I got it because my mom kept leaving me at middle school. Like she kept forgetting and then I'd have to walk home. Oh, oh my <laughs> um, God. So it was like, the, like what songs 
are gonna uh, <laughs> make like <laughs> what's the soundtrack to my sad walk home playlist you know my shadow's the only one who walks beside me because that's a green day that's a green day because literally it's just me and my shadow walking like three miles home in the snow oh no Um, but my dad finally got fed up with it so he got me a cell phone I was it was like the best Christmas ever I was really excited but anyways um so I was on Twitter I started college in 2012 and so I was on Twitter then but it was like my real like before I was Kate Kennedy before anything and I was just college student and uh I looked back at it it got deleted in that mass sweep of like inactive accounts I forgot the password years ago. I had stopped using it. I've been on as Kate Kennedy since like 2017, I think is when I started my current account. I only had like 80 followers on my original one. And I found it right before they swept and deleted them all. So it's gone now. You can't find it. But um, it turns out my sense of humor is exactly the same. But back (laughs) when I visited those tweets. It's really? just, I mean, there's like a 10 tweet thread of me just saying that I think TSA should be a blood sport. <laughs> like, I, a blood sport or how? like boarding airplanes. I don't know. I was right. just as cunty back then, but nobody thought it was funny. <laughs> they just thought I was a jerk. And now I'm like, oh, I'm a comedian. And they're like, you're hilarious. Right, right. That's like, oh, your job. Your job determines how people perceive your general like natural attitude it was a lot of me complaining about things which has always been my sense of humor Um, that's so funny because I think I don't you know of all the times that I would get with friends and be like dude what if we get this tattoo and we were like you know 18 20 or like what if we like do something like do this this like something permanent you know like a tattoo or you know a tweet uh (laughs) it's like we're not going to be into that same stuff when we're older but no. dude, I still am though. Like you still have the same sense of humor. I still like Rugrats cartoons, you know? That's true. I mean, I would say like I have one tattoo um because of that reason. Cause I would always sit around and be like, oh, and I like people with lots of tattoos. Yeah. Like, especially sure. girls with lots of tattoos. I'm like, oh mama. That's um, hot. Yeah, that's yeah. so hot. Strippers. Just, strippers with tons of tattoos. Yeah. Yes. It's so my type. And it's like not me Every at stripper. all. Um yeah. Just because I was always like, I'm not going to like this in a couple of years. And so I have like one tattoo that I'd wanted. I got it when I was 23. I'd wanted it since I was like 17. Nice. So it was the same thing. I'm like, I was like, all right, cool. And I want more now. It was lucky that I didn't get any actually, because then I got into porn in the adult industry and I worked so much because I didn't have any tattoos, which is very rare now. Oh, Um, you worked, you were in higher demand because because I don't have, have any tattoos and especially because I even though I was like 24 25 when I started doing that I played 18 I look really young right so I was still playing like a teeny bopper and it's really hard to convince someone that you're 18 when you're covered in tattoos it's like how <laughs> did you just turned 18 that's true <laughs> two, two things there one I don't know if you know this comic he lives in LA his name's Troy Bailey he has an amazing tattoo on his lower back and it's picture perfect um the simpsons family sitting on the couch and it it goes from hip to hip it's incredible like when if you i think that's his name yeah and he it's part of a joke that he has about going to jail or something like that but it's hilarious and then all right so you so anyway you so yeah so back to the uh entertain adult entertainment industry or um so like how did you get into that and how did you pick your name so I was a year out of college. I graduated from the University of Colorado Boulder. 
right down the road from my hometown. Uh, my parents never visited me, even though it's 30 minutes away. Um, <laughs> so you're like, you're never visiting me. I'm getting into porn. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It was more like you didn't tell me it was a bad idea to spend four years getting an art history degree. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. not a bad idea, but no, it's a terrible idea. It's okay. a really <laughs> dumb way to spend one hundred fifty thousand dollars. That is like the stupidest. I mean, like it, it was really dumb. like I have that. And then I have a degree in journalism uh, with a okay. focus in advertising. And I didn't like advertising. I was a year out of school. I couldn't find a job. Colorado has changed a lot since I grew up there, which we can get into in a minute. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. um. I was just kind of like floating. I was lost. I was really disillusioned with like, the, which I think a lot of people go through um, the job market and, you know, what it's actually like to be out in the world. I was like, oh, I felt lied to. And just generally, I, I knew I didn't want to work in an office. And um, I ended up getting offered. I was doing like BDSM stuff in my personal life Sweet. and was kind of traveling. And I had started like helping teach classes on like BDSM. Um, I was doing some like live shows, um, like a little bit of like rope, like kind of artsy erotic photography. I had cool. like just started doing that. And um, I was up in Portland for a show and I met these people that own a porn company up there, a BDSM one. And they ended up emailing me a couple of months later and were like, hey, we need a new marketing person. Oh, <laughs> Would you like a job? And I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. So I went up and I started working. I packed up my car and moved to Portland. Um, yeah. I didn't know anybody. How- you use your advertising degree. Yeah. Right? I, okay. so I was like, okay. So I did their social media and I coded their mailers and I worked on sets. So I was also a production assistant because it's a really small company. Everybody did everything. So it was a great like entrance into the industry because I learned how to do every job on set. I learned what was expected of models. And I had not, I had it in my head. I was like, you know, this would be really cool. But I don't know that I, I wasn't like very, I wasn't good looking growing up. Like I was not a cute kid. <laughs> I was kind of awkward as a teenager. I was a nerd. And I was just like, I don't know that I'm pretty enough. I don't know, whatever. And so I was like, you know, I'll just go and this will be fun. We'll see where the adventure takes us. And um, then I started shooting some scenes for them. I came down to LA. It went really well. I got an agent and I was just, it seemed like it was viable. So I packed up and moved to LA and I've been here ever since. I retired from performing uh, in 2020, March of 2020. So now I just do my own stuff and I'm pursuing comedy and stuff, but really yeah, grateful yeah. for my time in the adult industry. It taught me a lot. It made me a much more like confident person and it gave me a bunch of great stories, which is cool too. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah. You have, you have an incredible joke about uh, transitioning from adult entertainment to stand up, which is very funny, which which uh, I remembered, and I'll, I'll I'll let you save it for a stage, but it's very funny. Um, I just wrote that the other day, actually. Really? Uh, yeah, that's a pretty new joke. I think I, I came up with that like a month or two ago. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Why didn't I think? You know, when it's like a really obvious joke, like it should be smacking you in the face. Those are the best ones. Yeah. Those um, are the best I, ones. I had to tell a story for like an interview about like a terrible blowjob scene where I got hurt. <laughs> like I, my tongue got torn. Oh my God. And, what and wait, wait, what happened? Show. It was, I was like upside down and I went to swallow because I had so much spit in my mouth. Right, and I right. thought he'd like pulled out. So I thought I had a second to swallow and we just weren't working together. And he slammed back in. So my tongue got slammed while it was back. Oh. So it was a little tendon that connects your tongue. Yeah. To the body. yeah. So it tore. Oh. And so there's like blood like shooting out of my mouth. And I'm like trying to hold blood. I'm like, can we finish? Can I have a fill of the impulse tonight? Oh I have to get to the improv. Jesus. <laughs> and I went and I did the show. Like I drove from like thousand, like Camarillo to like yeah. down to Melrose. And I'm like, I have like, I'm putting like, ice chips like under my tongue. Just like, and I did the whole show, like trying not to like bleed on the audience. 
<laughs> or the mic. The or the mic. That was the moment where I was like, all right, we got to make some changes to our schedule. We're not, we're, we don't have good work-life balance right now. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, two things like I've done in, in a project that I was in, I did like, I did a sex scene, but it wasn't like, it was just like very mild or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, but I'll say the chemistry is super important because like that needs to be so well choreographed. Yeah. So everyone's comfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody knows what moves are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like on an indie film. So it wasn't necessarily like beat for beat choreographed yeah. as well as I wish it had been when you get into when you get used to get into like on set would you be meeting that you know whoever you're doing a scene with that day and then like how would you be able to like strike up chemistry because it sounds like there was just like a miscommunication when you you know and your tongue almost fell out of your mouth or you turned in you became like gene simmons i'm pretty sure yeah it was a very gene simmons moment the Uh, same thing happened to the long so holding blood back was was difficult i heard a story where that exact same thing happened to gene simmons and that's how he became a part of kiss that's so you know you never know you could be in a kiss cover band but like oh yeah yeah, i was good with the makeup well (laughs) what Uh, is like yeah what's the trick to creating the chemistry what was that what was that like it really depends on who it is and if you've worked together before. So like, there's not that many guys in porn. Like there's really not. Um, and it's, I mean, it changes all the time. It's changed a lot since I left even, but when I was performing full-time, which was between, uh, 2018, yeah, 2018 and 2020, mm-hmm. um, there was probably maybe like 20 guys that were working consistently in porn. Really? Versus like hundreds of women, right? Yeah. So yeah, like you, yeah. there's people that I've shot five or six scenes with where it would just be like, oh, I'm on set. Hey, Steve, what's up? How's your wife, man? Right. How's it going? Or like, hey, Ramon, how's your lobsters? He is lobsters. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like a lot of these dudes are like friends of mine, which is great. Because then you That's show up good. and you're just like, we're going to have a great time. You know my body. You know what I like. Cool, um, cool. But you have to be able to stand up for yourself. You really like with a new person. If I was working with someone I had never met before, you really have to kind of sit down. And you can be flirty. Like I always try to be flirty about it, especially if they're a new guy performer, right? Because they're scared shitless if they're a new dude. I bet, yeah. Because I mean, they fail one time, they're like out. Like Ooh, it's yeah. really, really competitive for guys. And so you don't want them to like lose his bone or anything. <laughs> it's to be like friendly and fun, but also like kind of have that boundary because you are working with them and you don't want them to like, you know, get too into it. And the yeah. veteran performers know that. They have that mentality. Um, but you kind of have to sit down and be like, Hey, like, what do you like? Is there something particular? Cause also like, you're going to have to make him come and you don't want it to be forever. And so like there's, and they kind of have to be able to do it on command. So like, there's like one of my friends is a male performer. Like if you pinch his balls, like the right way, like between your thumb and your finger, it's like this. Yeah. He'll come. Like you're like, milking a cow. Yeah. And he like knows that he's like, <laughs> it's this and you're like, okay, cool. I know. But you want to know that they have like the thing. And then also just with like, okay, like my, my hips can like hyperextend easily and that really hurts. So I'll be like, you know, you got to be careful with me in this position. Um, or like if it's too much, I'm going to like slap you on the thigh or whatever. Oh, um, that's, in- that's like, well, do. that's so yeah. interesting because like at one half for like the men, as you're describing it, it's like this hypnosis, you know, like if you like, like like flick my knee i'm gonna come immediately yeah. or like you know like like bl- if you blink at me twice with both eyes i'm gonna come or it's like some yeah. type of hypnosis thing and then 
for you, like, you know, to communicate and not lose the shot, it's kind of like professional wrestling. It's a lot like that. It's a yeah. lot more like being an athlete than it is like just having sex. Cause you're also thinking about how your bodies work together. It's like yeah. almost like dancing, like ballroom dancing or ice skating. Right. Cause right. especially too, the guy is generally kind of in charge of like moving you around. Right. And like, I'm petite, but I'm not like skinny. Like I'm, mm. I'm built like a gymnast. I'm very like Sean Johnson, like Simone Biles kind of body type. And so like, I, like, I need to know that like you can support me. <laughs> um, right. And also like, you know, you need to be able to know like, okay, we're going to like, especially with like the positions be like, we're going to do this position and then into this and then to this. And you want to like kind of choreograph the transition just so that it doesn't look super messy. Right. Cause like when you're right. having sex in your personal, right. And you're going to change positions, you usually stop for a second. Right. Like, okay, cool. Let's try it. Let's do this. Whatever. You can't do that in point. It has to be organic. Um, right, right, otherwise they right. have to cut and it looks crappy. So you kind of want to, and like, there's certain people where I would even rehearse. They'd be like, let's try going from doggy to mish, like really quickly. See if we can do that. Um, yeah, but yeah. You have that That's crazy. All right. Two more questions about that. Did, did you ever get starstruck on uh set working with somebody? Yes. A couple of times. Who, who was so, like, who, who was the biggest like starstruck experience? One of my very first things I did when I moved to LA, I was an extra in a scene for browsers. Um, oh, okay. and Lisa Ann was supposed to be my stepmom. Oh my God. And I was a last minute replacement because the girl that they hired couldn't swim. And the script called for Lisa to shove me in the pool. Um, <laughs> because the pool boy's like flirting with me and she wants to fuck the pool boy. Classic, and, uh, classic Lisa Ann. Classic Lisa Ann, but and she was films. so nice. Like I got there and like, I'm like speeding to get there. My agent calls me on the way. She's like, by the way, can you swim? I forgot to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you, there are agents that specifically deal with uh, adult entertainment. Like yes. entertainers. Okay. Yeah, there's several. And so, but anyways, I went and she was so fucking nice. Like she would like yeah. ask me all about where I was from and what I was doing. Like if I liked, if I liked the adult industry and everything, she gave me some really good pointers. And it was just oh, awesome cool. to watch her work because she was really like with the director, like you want to get this shot. I'm going to cross camera here, move here, go here. Like she was like, you could just see her. It, it's cool to watch anybody do their job when they're that good at it. Yeah. Um, it's so she incredibly... Yeah, it's incredibly yeah. like choreographed, like you were saying. Mm -hmm. And then last thing, were you ever at any point curious about your like search categories and <laughs> and what are they <laughs> or what uh, were they? I did a lot. I did a lot of teen porn. Um, I did a lot of teeny bopper stuff because I looked really young, even though I was 23, 24, um, right. much like Timothy Chalamet. I played 18. Well, into my 20s. dude, um, I keep telling people you're the after this podcast comes out, you're the Chalamet of porn. Everybody's saying that. Everyone's saying that. Oh, I don't think they are, but thank you. I'm not, I am not the actor of my generation. Um, I'm like the Tom Holland of porn. So close. <laughs> so you're, close. You're, I mean, you're Spider-Man. jealous of Timothy Chalamet. You still get to be Spider-Man. I'm though. still so Spider-Man. Cool. I'm yeah, baby yeah. Spider-Man. Um, but, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, did you, is that what you think? Thought of? I, was like, oh, man, I was like, what was the question? Um, I did a lot of that. And then I did a lot of like BDSM stuff. So I did a lot. I worked for, I'm actually wearing one of my kink.com hoodies right now. Um, uh, I have a couple, not to brag. Um, and I have the robe. Um, but uh, oh, wow. I know it's either that. Yeah. That's I how sometimes grab the wrong on one because my kink hoodie and my comedy store hoodies look exactly the same, except for the logo on the corner. Sure. It depends. And on I've like gone before and like, I'm like, oh, this is not the one I was going to wear today. Ah, well, I'm advertising well, 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 a different career. Um, 
but uh but yeah um so I did a lot of that so I think people know me for that and then it's kind of funny like the scenes that people will like connect with and stuff like or really like like some of them I'm like like the ones that I did that I felt were so good no one ever talks about and then they'll oh. be like the little nothing one that was like last minute I was like whatever I'll take this booking and people are like I fucking love that scene <laughs> but yeah I think it's mostly like teeny bopper uh, blonde because I was very blonde when I was in porn oh okay but, yeah Blonde, teeny, teeny bopper i'm i'm gonna uh, yeah everyone should be searching teeny bopper blonde timothy chalamet uh <laughs> slash spider-man tom holland uh, all right well that's enough of that uh kate kennedy please tell me about your hometown of longmont colorado so i would but jack kerouac already did a better job so i'd like <laughs> to give you a short excerpt from page please, 36 please. of on the road please it was beautiful in Longmont. Under a tremendous old tree was a bed of green lawn grass belonging to a gas station. I asked the attendant if I could sleep there and he said, sure. So I stretched out a wool shirt, laid my face flat on it and with an elbow out and with one eye cocked at the snowy Rockies and the hot sun for just a moment. I fell asleep for two delicious hours, the only discomfort being an occasional Colorado ant. And here I am in Colorado. I kept thinking gleefully, damn, 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 I am making it. <laughs> So this Did is the, ever, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, this go is ahead. the only famous thing that has ever happened in my hometown <laughs> is that Jack Kerouac stopped there and took a nap. And then in the next paragraph, he gets a milkshake uh, outside of a gas station. The gas station is a real place. Okay. Right. It was yeah, on yeah, yeah. this corner. It had, by the time I was growing up there in like the late nineties, early two thousands, uh, it had been turned into a car dealership. It was sitting there on the side of the road. And then they had to widen the river for like a floodplain thing, which necessitated tearing down the gas station which launched a 20 year long feud that is still going on to this day so they so what was the feud over okay so a bunch of historical side people are like can't tear down the gas station that's the only cool thing that's ever happened here and they're like well then you gotta move it they're like okay so they pop it up put it on a truck and move it out from where it is they move it like a mile down the road to a field outside of town it's the first thing you see when you come into town right and it's just sitting there crumbling and this is not like the Sistine Chapel that you're preserving it's a fucking gas station right, right. from like the 30s it's made of concrete it's crumbling right. so it's mo- it's sitting there and then there's all of these zoning issues somebody wants to turn it into a gallery somebody wants to turn it into a rush all of this stuff they move it like five times around the town they just keep moving it and every couple of years it comes up in the paper there's this huge fight at the city council all this shit. They just keep moving it. And now it's still sitting. It's actually across the road from where it was originally. It's still grumbling there. Rumor has it that they're about to get the permits to turn it into a community space, is but I'll it, believe it. Is it just based off the fact that Jack Kerouac took a nap around there? Yep. What? Not a lot has happened there. It's a pretty small town. I imagine that the best thing you could do in Longmont at the time, and maybe today was take a nap and eat a, and drink a milkshake. I don't want to, I don't want to knock that because honestly, that sounds like a beautiful afternoon. It does. Like, it Delicious, is a, he's right said, to say though. it's gorgeous. It sits right at the foot of the Rocky mountains. It's halfway between like Denver and Fort Collins, Wyoming. Okay. Okay. So North uh, on the front range, it's a little bit North of Boulder, gorgeous views, like big parks. Like it's a little, it's like, I mean, it's grown. It's, I think it's doubled in size almost since I last lived there. Oh, wow. Um, so it's changed a lot since when I was growing up. But when we moved there, I was born in Dallas, actually, but we moved okay. when I was five. So I call Longmont my hometown. Yeah. Um, I lived there till I was 18. 
Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, so it, it's my hometown. Um, but, you know, just like cute little downtown, pretty old houses, big parks. Like it's been there forever. And I kind of explain it to people like uh, in Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, where So like uh, Boulder is definitely our Eagleton. Longmont is funny. Sure. The only thing okay. they beat us in is like average income, life expectancy and facial symmetry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all. Uh... Yeah. So like we were kind of the smaller quieter like more farm kind of boonie town and then since it's changed since uh in 2012 is when we passed legal marijuana in colorado we were the first state to do it right uh to pass recreation marijuana and it just they passed it with a lot of other business tax incentives so all of colorado just changed because we were suddenly like kind of on like the forefront like the national stage people were like looking at us like hey colorado is beautiful and it's affordable and it's very like liberal obviously because they have weed and we like weed and it's a great place to start a business so people just flooded into mm-hmm. our town i mean my parents sold their house for double what they'd paid for it wow um my old college apartment i actually just looked this up yesterday when i lived in boulder going to college i rented this crappy crappy apartment for 700 dollars a month i mean the roof leaked there were squirrels living in the ceiling like oh he didn't work. It was terrible. Do you remember the name of your landlord? Uh, yes, I do. Well, well, well what was her name? Gabrielle Dench. Uh, okay. Cause my, my aunt lives in Colorado and it would have been so funny if you rented an apartment from my aunt. They no longer <laughs> own it. Um, she was just okay. crazy old hippie who like had done yeah. acid in the sixties and would like kind of wander into my apartment once in a while. Oh. It was crazy. It was just, it was a very fun. My neighbors were like drug dealers and artists and I was in art school. I loved it. And, uh, but it's <laughs> renting for, they redid it. It is now renting for 1875. Oh my God. One bedroom, like, and it's not even a real one bedroom. It's a studio. So, yeah. so. Which is more than I currently pay in Hollywood. Wow. Yeah. Legalizing marijuana kind of like it drove more people to Colorado to open up their own like dispensary businesses or, or farms. Other businesses like passed a bunch of just general business tax incentives. And also all of the money from amendment 64 went into the public schools. So not only that, but now their schools are really well-funded. So it's like, they really did set it up. And I, you know, it's hard to grow up and look around your hometown and be like, I'm never going to be able to afford to live here. Mm. There's, there's not enough jobs. I mean, there is right. business now, but for me, especially working someone who works in the arts and in entertainment, like I, I can't live there. Yeah. Um, and it is hard to look around. I mean, you can't touch anything in my hometown really for less than half a million dollars now, which is hard. Um, but at the same time, it's hard to begrudge because I love seeing the town doing well. Like when I was growing up there, it was yeah. kind of in the middle of nowhere. I was like right. embarrassed to be from there for a long time. Sure. Um, we were most meth labs per capita for a while in the early 2000s. You know what's funny? I think it happened. We were in Newsweek. Every, every, every couple of years they come out with that stat. And I think everybody claims it. Cause like in central Florida, there's, you know, I, I don't know if it's more meth labs per capita, but we definitely have the most chain restaurants per capita in, in Florida. We have like the most meth labs that fail. And it's not like a business that goes out of business. It's like an explosion. Explosion. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what happens when your meth lab goes, goes down. It's not like uh, going out of business sale. Yeah. There's no signs on the, yeah. yeah it doesn't turn it is into a bang, a, not a whimper. It does. Exactly. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't turn into a spirit Halloween store. Let's just say, uh, well in with, 
this town that you're describing, it sounds like such like a suburban town, yeah. you know, and like, that's kind of the place that I grew up would, how would you find fun? Or like, what would you do? Would you go to like big, like farm, like house parties or bonfires and stuff like that? How would you like make fun and stuff like that for yourself? So there? I went to the Catholic school, which was 40 minutes away. It was 20 miles South. Um, instead of, cause again, the, when I was growing up, the public schools were not very good in our area. Sure. And, um, I went to Catholic school, so I would drive, I actually carpooled with 17 other people. Oh my um, God. Well, one I, guy, I, it's called a school bus, by the way. Okay. Uh, it was a 1988 <laughs> Dodge 15 passenger van. Wow. It was one very Catholic family and you're Murphy. So you'll get this. Sure. Um, they had like six kids and their dad was like a long haul truck driver. And we all went to the Catholic school in Longmont together. My mom taught at the Catholic school. Um, we all kind of had grown up together. And, uh, when we were all going to high school, they were like, okay, you know, it's so far, it's 20 miles each way. Wow. Um, oh, it's wow. an hour. And so they're like, okay, we, so all of our parents paid this guy. It was like a year older than me <laughs> to drive. And we would pack like 17 kids into this van. Like two oh. of the seatbelts worked, the driver's seatbelt and the one in the very far back worked. None of the other seatbelts worked. The floor in the middle had rusted out. And if you pulled the carpet back, you could see the highway. What? And we would just pack everybody in this thing. And we would listen to like Eminem and ACDC and like, Usher 50 cent and we would like drive we all pull over so many times and the cops no would just way. laugh at us because it's all these kids in fucking like dockers and like, <laughs> polo shirts listening to Eminem thinking we're really fucking hard yeah well oh, they, they probably if I pulled you over and I was a cop I'd be like what cult do you belong yeah, to what, what are you doing and they just be like go to school <laughs> and also if you carpool with like 17 people um if one of them's late you're all gonna be late so yeah. we would literally come into our school and like sister Mary Joy worked the front desk Mary Joy she would have our like tardy slips already made up for us like oh. all of them she just like pass them out um, oh my god and uh oh, we would have joy. days too where like the the highway was frozen because we didn't even take the freeway because our town isn't even near the freeway right we would right. take like the old highway like old highway 287 down oh. which is like two lanes um, <laughs> through, like farm country past like cows and pumpkins and stuff and uh, sometimes it would freeze over. And the obviously, it's a very old car. Even by the time we were going, it was almost 25 years old. So, like, yeah. we, we would have to have, we'd call in and we'd call our moms and be like, you got to call us in. We're turning around. We can't get to school. Yeah. Um, it's we had, like a lot, a, we had a lot more snow days than everybody else. Oh. That, <laughs> um, but anyway, as far as finding fun, like, they um, they tore down our mall. Oh. Uh, like, seventh or eighth grade. So, we didn't have a movie theater. Um, so all of my friends that I met from school lived 20 miles away. And so I couldn't really go see them. So it was a little bit isolating. I did have some like towny friends. I don't have, I didn't really keep in touch and they've mostly left as well too. But, um, in general, I mean, like it is kind of older person fun stuff, but like, okay. uh, I would go to like antique fairs with my mom. We have a big County fair every year, which is fun. Oh, cool. Um, driving around, you know, it was a lot of driving. But, but most of my memories of having fun with people are just getting in the car and being like, let's drive. Yeah. Uh, dude, you just go, for big go, to, go to Dairy Queen. True. Oh, you yeah. hang at Dairy Queen. Mm -hmm. But like you also have like, you know, as you're describing the driving, like for me, I would oftentimes take trips up to Tampa to visit some friends, Orlando. And those drives are so boring because, you know, Florida is, has so much like flatland. And unless yeah. unless you wanted to stop at like a Cracker Barrel uh or i don't know uh, like a Publix or yeah. you know so, something or see like dinosaur world off i4 there was nothing to see but when you're driving you're checking out 
like the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The mountains are right there. We would go into Boulder because Boulder was closer. Boulder's only, I think, like 10 ish miles away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the college town. So we would go there actually, especially as I got older, like uh, my girlfriends and I would drive over there and go to like college parties. And we thought, we were oh, cool. man. Um, hanging out with all these frat guys. We're like, we're 18. We are not 18. Um, <laughs> and, uh, sure. We're freshmen. You've um, been 18 for like 30 years. I've been 18 for so long, <laughs> um, at least 10 years. Sure, uh, right, right, right. But, um, but yeah, I remember doing a lot of that. And then when I was younger too, I mean, we have this really cool outdoor pool in Longmont that's been there forever. Like it used to be a swimming hole. And now it's, I mean, it's a legitimate pool now, but they have like sand and water slides and it's this big old, they have like, they do have really great, like, public recreation i guess they're like they have this really cute skating rink that they put up um downtown every winter and uh there's lots of parades and it's like a small town there's like lots of cute and then there's the little downtown so sometimes we'd go there there's a lot of coffee shops and now it's like changed so much like their downtown is like super ritzy there's like a combination coffee shop and fixie bicycle repair place Oh my it's next God. To the that is lounge where you can eat stuff. Yeah. It's next to the artisanal yarn store. And I'm like, what is the average income in this city now? That just screams handlebar mustache, skinny yeah. guy. It's gotten so, I mean, I just went back for the 4th of July to hang out with my parents and I hadn't seen him since COVID. Yeah. And I went with my mom and yeah, there's like all of these like vintage clothes, like record store, art, plant shop. I'm like, where the fuck are these millennials living? What are they, what are their jobs here? Cause I can't get one to save my fucking life. That's so interesting, man. I mean, they this, tore down our Turkey processing plant and turned it into a brewery. The Turkey, not the Turkey processing. Plant. That was the other thing we were known for is we had a Conagra Turk like food plant. Um, and then it was uh butterball for a while. And it was the first thing that you saw on main street, just this massive gray factory where they slaughtered turkeys and during turkey season every year it just stunk and there was like feathers oh, oh my god so you could okay so, so you could see them take the turkeys in and now they tore the whole thing down it's now like 1700 a month apartments and condos and there's like this cool brewery like brewery right next to it where you can bring your dog and there's this they're like oh look at this pavilion it's from the old factory and it's like yes that is the the little thing they used to pull the trucks into so the turkeys couldn't escape <laughs> so and now we drink beer under it in Michigan there uh the Kellogg's plant is there and mm-hmm. people that live in the surrounding areas uh they are you know greeted by the smell of you know toasted corn and sugar and living in Longmont you would wake up to the smell of slaughtered turkeys slaughtered turkeys or the dairy because we also have the Longmont dairy oh um, wow so is that yeah. where you learned the uh the finger and uh thumb ball pinch (laughs) we always called it the poo poo platter (laughs) Um, the smell of it but uh yeah we had that and um yeah it was just I I mean it's better than uh if you live in golden Colorado that's where the Coors factory is okay what does it smell like over there yeah uh I don't know if you've ever smelled the hops after they finished using them for beer but it's gross it smells like moldy damp ick it's gross the Coors factory smells terrible and golden is like a very ritzy part of colorado as yeah. well and i've it always thought of- it was just so funny because if the wind shifts it fucking stinks oh. and they're not closing that down anytime soon it's coarse <laughs> it kind of s- sounds like the smell that i smell when i go into a dive bar bathroom and i'm done with the beer in yes. my body you know yes it's similar it's very <laughs> similar but imagine it like hot in the summer oh. 
No. Gross. I'm really selling Colorado on this. Yeah, seriously. I mean, talking about, you know, getting rid of beer outside, hot. Like, listen, if you swim in the Gulf Coast, you, at least 90% of that water is just urine. Yeah. Like, confirmed. That's why you can't see to the bottom uh, of the Gulf Coast or, uh, you know, the Gulf of Mexico there. Um, but Colorado of, yeah. is known for, especially where I'm from, is known for its like beer and especially craft brewing. So like my hometown is home to Oscar Blues um, and Left Hand. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, I poured beer for Avery while I was in college at festivals as a part-time job. Um, so all of those. And there is really great. And my dad's a big beer guy too. So he has like his home set up. So he has like accounts at like Left Hand and Oscar Blues and stuff. And we'll go in there and he'll trade in his kegs. And get whatever the new one is. So it's always fun. I like going to that with him. It's a big part of the the culture there. As much as I'm like, it's gentrifying, it's gentrifying. They've been there forever. Um, It is a cool, I kind of joke with people too, is like, it's hard when you're from a place that's cool. Mm. Especially being in like LA. Cause you're like, oh yeah, I'm from Colorado. And everyone's like, why did you leave? (laughs) I was thinking about hitting up Red Rocks in my van, van life, bro. It's going to go down Garden of the Gods. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I live at Red Rocks. That was the whole experience um, that it was just awesome. I see them every like, no, it, Dave Matthews it, band is my uncle, you know, like I do. Know. Dave Matthews band. Of course you do. Of course. Uh, you know, that's so interesting. I love that, that recording. <laughs> that brings up a great point. So like um, Fran Lebowitz in this documentary, I've been, I've referenced it a lot of times on the podcast, but she <laughs> said that around the time that she moved to New York, and I think the 60s or 70s, a lot of people moved there so that they could be gay. or it of the city? Yeah. Yes, I love that documentary. A lot of people moved there so they could be gay or and like be out. A lot of people moved there for like the art scene. So again, access to art. And now, you know, you can do a lot of those things everywhere. Like I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, when you're mentioning all these like vintage shops, yeah. you know, record stores, fixed gear, bicycle places, co- you know, different artisanal coffee places, et cetera, mm-hmm. bakeries. Sounds like you know, all the reasons and entertainment as well, all the reasons why people move to Los Angeles. And now, you know, I think this is definitely a post pandemic thing when you see people moving uh, in droves to Austin, Nashville, you know, different parts of Colorado. I think you can find all the things that used to come to Los Angeles for around the country. Have you like, have you noticed that, you know, uh, you know, in Colorado and in, you know, places that you've traveled to? In terms of like amenities and like quality of living, like for sure, like I've been in, um, I mean, I lived in Portland for a while and then right. this year I've been to Nashville and to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, oh, I they, went, I went this year as well. Both of those places. I love great. Loved both of them. I was like, these are really cool cities. They both reminded me of Portland a lot. Oh, yeah. I was like, these are really clean, walkable, like on a river. It's really pretty. And like, it is, it's like the Portland, Portlandification um, the rest right. of the country. And and again, I, I'm glad about it. I don't want them to lose all of the like charm and character of, you know, and especially to like driving around your hometown and you don't recognize anything is a very jarring feeling because you kind of don't want it to change. Right. Like it's it's my memories and I left, but I want it to exist in my head the way it's always existed. Um, and so to know that you can't because it is that feeling of getting older and being in your 20s and being like, oh, I can't go home again. Like I can't. Yeah. Um, yeah true. And I think it's cool that, you know, there's more of those amenities, but I will say the culture is still different. Um, Colorado is very outdoorsy. Okay. Very, yeah. Very, my parents are very outdoorsy people. My sister is very outdoorsy. I am not. 
I, oh, really? I fucking hate hiking. I hate hiking. <laughs> like, it's it's so dumb. It's just walking uphill in, like, less comfortable shoes. <laughs> to nowhere. Like, I, I'll right, walk right. around New York all day long. I love walking around New York. That's, like, one of my favorite things. Flat, Flatland. Flat, you love Florida, but, you yeah, know. I can get on the train maybe. anytime. But I'm, like, yeah. I don't. And so, and I do find, like, the culture in, like, Denver, especially, like, Longmont is, is just slower. It's more old it's a lot of older people and then young families you know and it, it's always been that way it's never been like a like super cool let's move here um but uh you know like i will say the culture in denver is still it's still very broy. it's very outdoor oh, really? very like polar fleece and flannel and you know i'm more i i do feel like i fit in in la better actually oh, that's cool. kind of, my parents just came to visit me for the first time and my dad did ask he's like you know what what is it that you really love about here aside from all of the cool stuff we're seeing you know I was like it's really the first place I've lived that I felt like I totally fit in oh and cool. people got me and I was like and I like that you know well so. two things I mean let's not dismiss all the cool stuff that you get to do you know yeah. and also they didn't even visit you in Boulder and that was such an easy trip and they come out they're like oh they visited me a couple to- of times they visited okay, a couple okay. of times okay, um okay. not very often they visited me in Portland once and then they've come to LA once um and that was just last month so I, I did live here for almost four years before they came to visit well geez the, yeah. but, you know t- they certainly take their time and yeah I think you're right like I think as you're describing, I'm thinking like, well, the internet and like access to things has really like expanded the reach for different like regional um, professions or Mm -hmm. culture, but you can't, um, you can't just pick up and drop the Rocky mountains in Florida. You can't just pick up and drop, you know, you could do like a rock climbing wall or something like that. And when I grew up, you know, the thing, the sport that became very popular was hockey. There's a lot yeah. of really in, in Florida and, you know, compared to what, you know, people in Michigan and Chicago yeah. who grow up, you know, being able to play hockey outside. Yeah. Um, that was kind of like synthesized, but yeah, you can't, you can't replicate those things. And that's going to get us into our first segment. What you eat and can't replicate food somewhere yeah. else. Uh, so, okay. So where, or you could try, but you might fail. So if, if I'm in Longmont and, you know, maybe I want a Jack Kerouac milkshake, or maybe I want something unique and fun like what's uh what's like a good restaurant or like um a cool place to eat that you you enjoyed growing up okay so there's a couple um longmont has great mexican food um it's like it's always been heavily hispanic um when i was growing up there i think it was about 50 50 like white and hispanic so i grew up with a lot of hispanic people my mom actually went to like high school she's living in albuquerque so my mom like makes the best enchiladas of any white lady I've ever met. <laughs> um, so like I grew up with a lot of like Mexican and it's all like Northern Mexico, uh, like Chihuahua kind of Northern Mexican food. Um, Chihuahua? So, like Chihuahua, like uh, from like, I'm like not good dog? at like, the, No, like the province in Mexico. Oh, okay. Yeah, when you say state, Chihuahua, state, I'm like, is sorry, there a state. dog? You know, No, like, cause different parts of like uh, Mexican food in California, right? Is very different than Mexican food in Texas. It's very different in Colorado. Cause like, it tends to be like where, what region people are from. And like Mexican food is very different in different mm-hmm. parts of Mexico. Um, so it's mostly like Northern Mexican food. So it's a lot of like kind of heavier, like uh, enchiladas and like the mean stuff. So Santiago's uh, Mexican food is my, one of my favorite places. I used to go there before high school all the time and get a large horchata and a breakfast burrito. Oh, um, nice. And it's on the way out of town. Uh, and actually I went to high school with the kid whose parents, it's a local chain in Colorado. There's like 26 of them or something. Okay. And uh, he went to my high school. He was a couple years younger than me. He was on the wrestling team. So as a fundraiser, 
they would donate burritos. So it actually ended up being when I would get to high school, they would sell the burritos for $2 at my school. Oh, that's you so get cool. a Santiago's breakfast burrito at school and all the money went to the wrestling thing. Um, that's, per- that's so nice. Dude, yeah, so they were cool people. Uh, inversely, the football coach at my high school, my freshman and junior, or excuse me, freshman and sophomore year, I don't know if he continued to do this, but I stopped paying attention. He was the football coach and the gym coach, and he would buy three dozen donuts from Dunkin' Donuts. You yeah. can imagine how much they were you know, back in like 2004, uh, probably not a lot, but mm-hmm. then he would sell them to the students for a dollar each and then just pocket that money. That's hilarious. And like it wasn't we, a fundraiser. He just kept the money. He kept the money. Yeah. He was such a, such a prick, but he would, he would, he would pocket the money it, cause it was cash. There's no like yeah, you supply know, and demand. Yeah, sure. What, yeah, yeah, you're I, a high school student. You're already at the school. You can't go the, to- the crazy thing was school lunch was like a dollar eighty-five. So you could either buy two shitty donuts yeah. in the morning or a full lunch for yourself. And he didn't care. He yeah. didn't care. Like the and also these kids are like for, you know, 14, 15, 16 yeah. years old. Like he doesn't give a shit. He's just like raking it. He's just got spending money. He's got all these dollars. It was embarrassing. Like after the fact, I was like, oh my God, this guy sucks. Uh, my high school had this very bizarre thing that they only had for a couple of years and they changed it, but they had like brunch oh. for a long time. I don't know what this was, but it was like oh. after your first class, it was at like nine o'clock, like nine 30. We had like a 30 minute break and you could go to like the commons and they would have like coffee and donuts and orange juice and you could get like a snack and then i guess like the idea was like if you needed extra help with something you could go to a teacher's room and get extra help and we had club meetings during it or you could like go to the gym but all anyone ever did was like eat donuts and copy each other's homework for the next class that is like we would spread out in the commons be like did you do math did you do latin all right round the table switch (laughs) and so they obviously realized that we were doing this and this was like a tradition my high school was like 100 years old so they'd been doing it forever and like that finally so my cool. like junior year, they're like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. They're like, never mind. This is at the end of the day now. But then we got out 30 minutes early. So that was fine. That uh, is so cool. Oh, wow. What it was great- a neat thing. Cause yeah. you kind of that way. Well, also too, cause I think they were aware that so many of us drove really far. So you couldn't really have, I mean, if you're leaving at 7 a.m., it's hard to have breakfast before that as a high school student, you're getting up at six, you know? True, true. Um, and so it was kind of nice to have like breakfast and then, you know, you'd have lunch at like one o'clock or whatever. Um, what a great way to synthesize uh, like adult life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like brunch is such an adult thing because obviously we think of like mimosas or whatever, but also uh, the fact that you were able to, yeah, get work done. Also in that 30 minutes, you could be a part of like Spanish club. And then after school, you could be a part of, you know, whatever other club you had to yeah. do. That was we'll really cool. Or whatever. It was cool. Um, Before we, yeah. I want to keep talking food though. Cause there's like a lot please. of us. Please, please hit me with the food. Hit me so with the food. I want to tell you a story about the pizza in Longmont because it's a great okay. story. Okay, okay. So yeah. the best pizza in Longmont is this place called Abo's pizza, A-B-O. Okay. It's also a very small chain. There's, I think like 15 of them, whatever around Colorado. It is Owned by this guy, his name is Steve Abramowitz. He's okay. Jewish, not Italian at all. Great, great. They shortened it to Abos. 
because that sounds more Italian. Nicest fucking guy. So I worked at country clubs like the whole time I was a teenager. I worked like carts and range and then I worked in the gyms and stuff. So I knew a lot of these people that like owned. I know the guy that started Crocs. Very nice guy. But oh, cool. Yeah. So Steve was this guy and he I mean, he's a multi multi millionaire. This guy is crazy successful. He owns all these pizza places. He had like a tech job. He drives like this beat up old sob that you cannot believe runs. He would always wear these like old stained like polo shirt. He looked like a hobo. He had like six kids. They were all the most polite, like sweetest fucking children. And uh, so I'd see him all of the time. And I just thought it was the funniest thing that here's this big Jewish family. Yeah. One of the best pizza places. And then for a while, there was a competing pizza place that called themselves Abodanzas. What? Set up on Main Street. So this sparked a pizza war. That's a like that's a threat. You, yeah. When you name your place that, that's a threat. That's a threat. But it was not nearly as good. And so it oh, shut right. down. And now we just have Abos, but we love wow. Abos. So. And so what what made it great for you? Was it the atmosphere? Was it the food? Was it just seeing this like what? I, I Abo it's was just, gonna wear. I mean, it's really like a small town pizza place. Like they're Cute. small. There, there's a, like a couple in Boulder. There's one in Longmont, right? You know, but just I mean, small strip mall, not showy. Great pizza, New York style pizza. Um, oh. Cheap. I think it was like two, three bucks a slice. Oh, so I love it. A big, big slice with like a Coke. And then they do a, a ton of. They're really involved in the community. Like they do a ton of fundraisers for the local schools and stuff. And like. Just like nice people, like my, my parents still get a pizza from there like every week. I think on Friday. Sponsor, do they sponsor a little league team? They do. Something? They sponsor little oh, league teams, soccer teams, all this stuff. I mean, it really is that kind of place. Um, that's the best. That, yeah, that's a really cool one. And then uh, we have the Pump House Brewery, which is on Main Street, which is a really house. cool bar and grill brewery. They actually do Longmont's only open mic. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, it's in an old firehouse. Um, oh, wow. the old, the like old firehouse. Like what, what? Something I really like about Longmont is that they've preserved a lot of the old buildings. Like the main street is almost straight, like turn of the century. Like it has not been torn down. There are all these cool old buildings from different stuff, and so like it's in the old and it's right there on Main Street. And if you go, you have to get the chocolate cake because it's amazing. It's served in like Ooh. a puddle of cream. It's, and it's like, like all it's like so good. all great things yeah uh that's amazing dude uh well that sounds so fun yeah w- there's a pizza place near where i went to high school and if anyone was skipping class like that's exactly where they were you yeah. know what i mean uh or trying to avoid the gym football teacher that was trying to scam us out of money yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah exactly uh all right before we get out of here i want to ask you two two last things well it's one last thing one good thing it's one of my favorite segments and so like if I am in Longmont, you mentioned so many cool places to eat. You know, you can get a Jack Kerouac milkshake. I can get some great pizza, some amazing Colorado Mexican food. If there's one thing that I should check out or know about going to Longmont, uh, what should it be? Ooh, what's the one thing? It's so hard. It's hard because so much of it has changed where I'm like, what's the one thing that you should really see? Sure, sure. Um, you know, like honestly, my here. perfect long day is just parking in downtown and walking up and down Main Street and, yeah. you know, seeing all the people and seeing everything, going to the park, getting coffee. There used to be this little coffee shop that they didn't take credit cards until just a couple years ago. And if you forgot and you didn't have cash, they would let you write it in a ledger. And, come oh. back and, and they were doing that up until a couple of years ago. You know, it's just like little stuff like that. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, I go for stuff like the the Pumpkin Pie Days Festival is in October. The Strawberry Shortcake Festival is in May. 
Oh, oh, that's nice. You know, and like, it's just stuff like that where, you know, you got to see that. And also just the view. I mean, when you're looking west, like this, these gorgeous, like snow capped Rocky Mountains, the whole, I mean, like the, my dad will send me uh, pictures from his back porch and it just looks like you should like frame this. Like, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. The scenery I bet is Mm -hmm. amazing. And so there's a strawberry. And also don't fuck with, don't fuck with the geese because they are protected and, my senior year, our high school quarterback actually got charged for running some over in his Jeep. And then he got suspended and they didn't win the state championship. Oh, my God. And all of tragedy. this was in the papers. It was like I was watching. And I was like, this is like this is a movie. Like, well, I'll get I'll, we'll get back to the Strawberry Shortcake Festival. But so the geese are the Canadian. Protected? So we are on the Canadian geese migration route. OK. Okay. So their geese are super mean. If you've ever been around them, they are fucking assholes. They're kind of like turkeys. Turkeys suck too. They're mean, mean birds. They're, yeah. I, I don't like most birds, but they're mean birds and they're <laughs> everywhere. I mean, they're fucking ever. They shit on everything while they're in town, whatever. And um, we had for a while, we had a public art thing where they made like 15 giant geese and decorated them and put them around town. That was fun. We went around and took celebrated the geese. geese. Yeah. There was like a Benjamin Franklin goose. And he looked like Benjamin Franklin. There was like a rainbow goose. Um, they're, they're still around. A lot of them are still around. Um, it was some weird public art thing. But uh, yeah, it was like my senior year of high school. It was not the high school that I went to, but it was our local town high school, which is actually also the inspiration for the film Varsity Blues. No way. Yeah. Um, the last Wait, time your high gone. school is the inspiration for not Varsity my high Blues? school, but like Longmont High School. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, the screenwriter or something went there. I forget exactly what it was, but it, it's the one that inspired Varsity Blues. And um, they were going to the state championship for the first time in, I, I think, like since the movie. Sure, and sure. Uh, we had this like hot shot young quarterback. His name was Forrest. And he was blonde hair, blue eyed, like American kid, you know, he throws the football, whatever. Everybody loves him. And then he was messing around with his friends one time and he like his friend like shoes the geese into the road and he like ran him over with his Jeep. So on purpose. Yes, on purpose. He's being a, I mean, he's a 17 year old kid. He's an idiot. Oh, and no. uh, he, it turns out that's a federal crime. Like that is a super serious thing to do. And so it starts being like goose, the, like the goose is transported to Greenwood wildlife center. We're not sure how it's going to turn out like, da-da-da. and then like, it's not coming out. And I had heard through the grapevine that it was this kid. So I already knew. And then it came out in our small local town paper like local quarterback force suspended from school won't play in championship game because oh my god (laughs) i think he's fine now he didn't like go to jail or anything i know he had to pay a fine and he didn't i think that was like his big punishment was he didn't get to play in the game and they lost can you imagine being any part of that scenario you're you're a shitty goose and you get run over terrible and then you're transported to like a goose hospital Or you're the quarterback. Only like two geese died. Like the other ones survived. Yeah. And for someone, you know, that's very sympathetic of you as someone who hates all birds notoriously. But then imagine being this quarterback kid, you're just fucking around and then you commit a federal crime. Yeah. Then imagine the administrator that had to like. Yeah. And the whole town is mad at you. Yeah. The administrator like the whole that had to town like is mad at you. this, this, uh, like <laughs> this punishment on this kid. Yeah. Like this is the stupidest thing anybody has ever been suspended for. And no, like everyone even was just like, but they're assholes. Like, let him play. Like, there I was got, not a lot of goose sympathy. 
That's crazy. Yeah. I, I play. I played soccer in high school, and this was in the off season, so I, there were no like on field ramifications. But I was at a party, and somebody took pictures of people drinking, and I wasn't drinking, and I didn't even drink at the time, honestly. But there was a picture of me with somebody who was holding a beer, and the administration got a hold of it, and they were like, "What is this, Peter? You're not representing the school, blah 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 blah, blah properly, yada yada." And I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck off." And they like gave me like in school suspension or some fucking garbage. I got out of school suspension my junior year because there was this girl in my cheerleading squad. I was a cheerleader and uh, and she was the fat girl in the cheerleading squad. I just want to let you know, I'm not trying to be fat phobic, but there's a fat girl in every cheerleading squad and she's usually a bitch. Sure. And she thought that I was going to be like captain instead of her. So I like I smoked weed and I was like, like, but it was like a very small amount. So she like told everybody that I'm like smoking weed and I had to like go into the Dean's office, like with my parents. Oh, and, and I was like, my parents are pissed. And he's like, you know, like this is expellable, but you're a valuable member of this community. So you're suspended for two days. And I was like, can I pick the two days? Like, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> what were you gonna make like a long weekend? I was like, it's an honest question. I was like, can I take them over parent-teacher conferences? And he's like, yes. Yeah. So I took a seven-day weekend and went skiing with my high school boyfriend, gave him a blowjob in front of the fireplace, and I learned nothing from that experience. And I was such a <laughs> captain. What she a legend! <laughs> it backfired because you had a you ended up having a great time. Well, good because you're you're crafty. Good for you. Thank and you, you know. Niches get nothing. That's the lesson. Snitches, exactly. Niches get nothing. You're niches petty. end up for working for Dillard's corporate in Fayetteville, Arkansas. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I hope she's listening. Last last segment here. Tattoos. Uh, Kate, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for bringing us around Longmont. If you could, if you had a tattoo gun, you could give me any tattoo. What would it be? Um, not a goose because you seem really nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I could see you with a slice of pizza. Maybe with some Sweet. cheese dripping off of it, kind of like in um, you know that pizza in a goofy movie when you like yeah. down the cheese comes. Somebody was just talking about how good that pizza looked the other day, and I was like, oh, I'll that's be honest, memory. I'm so hungry right now, based off you talking about food. Even when we get went back to milkshakes, I would eat the Leaning Tower of Cheesea in that movie. If you remember, the spray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably sure. I love uh, that guy amazing uh all right kate thanks so much oh by the way you mentioned you had one tattoo uh you need to tell us where it is but uh but what's it up it is on the back of my neck um and it says non servium which is latin for i will not serve um it is what lucifer says to god in the latin vulgate when he leaves heaven to reign in hell um it's also in james joyce's portrait of the artist as a young man um, but I got it because it's also something that Jack Nicholson says in The Departed. And then for several years, I lied to people and told them that I had read James Joyce. I have not. I just really like The Departed. <laughs> the fucking Departed. It's my favorite movie. We got. It's a good movie to be. It's a great movie. We got a little bit of everything from this podcast. Uh, Kate Kennedy, I really appreciate your time. Before we leave, I've got to give a major shout out to my production team, Mike, Gina, Justin, Collier, Kelvin, Dawn. Peter, Lauren, S. Shane, Matt Ashton, Matt Pabian, Chris McLeod, and Lindsay. Uh, Kate, thank you so much for bringing us around Longmont. Um, nothing nothing else. Uh, Floridians, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. See ya. Thanks.